Welcome to the Good Grit Stories podcast, a weekly podcast telling stories of hope, compassion, and the perseverance of the human spirit. Brought to you by Good Grit Magazine, the character of the South. You can find out more about the magazine, the podcast, at goodgritmag.com. Hey, y'all, this is Annie F. Downs, and the folks at Good Grit Stories let me take over their podcast for just a quick second. I'm going to have some pieces I've written come out on Good Grit Stories in the next few weeks, but today is not the day for those. Today is the day you get to hear from my friend and the CEO of Good Grit, Laura Quick, as she tells her story, an unbecoming story. Laura doesn't know I'm doing this, but I just love her, and I've loved seeing how on-site workshops changed her life just like it changed my life. I was so excited when she decided to go and and hearing this piece, reading this piece, it just really um, shows you how impactful it was for Laura's life as well. I've seen firsthand how coming face-to-face with my weaknesses actually brought me face-to-face with God and His loving strength. And that's what you're going to hear from Laura today too. So that's enough for me, Laura. I love you, friend. And now I present to you all an unbecoming story. An Unbecoming Story, words by Laura Quick, read by the author. I sat on my front porch racking my brain, trying to remember the last time I had zero connection to the world through some form of technology. I can't remember. Maybe that one time in the early 2000s when I went on a cruise, but even there I could escape to a movie or loud music. I suppose it's safe to say I was a teenager, so 20 years? Wait. Is that right? That can't be right. I mean, sure, we put our phones away for date nights and family dinners, for hikes and exercise, well, sometimes. But I guess that's true. 20 years. That's scary. A little disgusting. I heard about OnSite through a few friends, Annie F. Downs mainly, who had attended the Living Centered program at OnSite, which is located about 45 miles outside of Nashville. At the end of their seven-day complete unplug, they all came out believers. But believers in what? I was curious, so I started doing some research. I'm a firm believer in therapy. I don't know if I've ever overtly expressed that to our readers, but it's true. I've been in therapy for 10 years, and really taking it seriously for five. And yes, there is a difference. I often tell people that having a therapist is the biggest step I've ever taken in getting serious about self-care. So I was most intrigued when I read that attending the Living Centered program is the equivalent of one year of therapy. If I'm being perfectly transparent here, that scared the hell out of me. In the season in which I was contemplating this journey, life was complicated. I had a ton of giant decisions that I was being pressed to make, questions that ranged from work to how am I supposed to be brave enough to get married again? After all, my filters on life are completely different now. I've been married before, but never with an authentic faith and groundedness in my relationship with God. But still, I was battling a ton of feelings that all pointed me back to the word I have dealt with my whole life. Unqualified. I've heard those whispers for nearly 35 years. I have heard them as a mom, as a leader, in business, and in almost all of my personal relationships. Again, a shining example of why I am committed to therapy. 
Unfortunately, our doubts don't seem to disappear even when we know they're lies. Even when we pursue new healthy habits and patterns to drive out the old bad, the voices pop up. I've been slightly obsessed with the why. Why even when we leave unhealthy habits and patterns, and sometimes even people behind, and we pick up new habits, good and healthy patterns, and surround ourselves with new people that are good influences on our life, still old patterns can rear their head. And for me personally, I ground myself in God and in my faith as a believer, and still, fear and doubt, anxiety can rule me. Ugh, it's so incredibly frustrating. Which leads me to why I decided to go to Onsite in August of 2018. I felt like my life had been flooded with answered prayers, and yet there were still times my doubt and fear in making the same mistakes that I had made in the past would paralyze or cripple me, personally and professionally. My fiancé at the time, Shane Quick, said to me, Nothing lives in a vacuum. If we are controlled by fear and anxiety at work, then we will also be affected by it personally. If we are not loving God, then we aren't loving ourselves or others. It's just that simple. Even if we think we're experts at compartmentalizing, we aren't, because nothing lives in a vacuum. Powerful. Shane had just returned home from on-site a month before. Funny story, actually. He had taken my original spot and I rescheduled. He went in a man exhausted and fatigued, juggling several businesses, craving community, but fighting the pattern of being a loner. He went in having a difficult time talking through our future and what it would look like to do the work to blend our families. Shane has a son, Ethan, who is 13, and my son, Clay, he's 15. Family, God, work, and what felt like insane schedules, not to mention the fear of failing again in an area of our life which we had both committed we wouldn't, marriage. He went in that man, but he came back lighter. There was a peace about him. He was over the moon about the friendships he had made in those seven days, and he came out committed to the idea of two degrees of change. He came out and proposed. He came out of on-site and proposed. Wow. The week before I left, I was nervous and engaged. And that may mean nothing to you, but I don't do nervous. And being engaged to Shane Quick felt surreal in the best way. I felt like, man, I'm ready for this. I am healthy and I just want to be even healthier. I want God to fill in the gaps and the shortcomings. I want to believe that I'm ready to be a wife. I went to see my therapist of three years, Don Richards, the week before I was set to leave and asked him, so what do you feel like I should focus on? My broken family relationships, preparing to be a wife, motherhood, what are you thinking? His response was not at all what I was hoping for. Laura, I want you to crack open every door you feel you have closed and trust the Holy Spirit will open the doors that need to be open and close the ones that need to be shut. Are you kidding me? Um, no. I have worked super hard to shut those doors, I explained. He didn't budge. I reminded myself on the drive away from his office that day how much I trust him and how much stronger I have gotten under his guidance. But open every door? You kidding me, Don? Shane and our two boys took the beautiful scenic drive to drop me off at on-site. 
It's a quick drive from Nashville, and even the drive is relaxing and somehow starts to prepare you for the next seven days. We pulled into the on-site driveway and drove under the canopy of trees that revealed a clear view of the mansion at the top of the hill. The main house, or mansion, reminded me of the type of place I always imagined my future grandchildren coming to visit for summers and weekends and holidays. Shane pulled into a parking place and the boys grabbed my bags. I watched as Shane so lovingly looked at the place that had just made such an impact on him just weeks ago. I loved on all my boys and waved as I drove off to enjoy their boys weekend. I'm engaged to this man and my future is pulling out of this driveway of this stunningly beautiful and yet extremely mysterious place called Onsite. I made my way to my room to get settled in for the coming week. I felt like I had walked into a pottery barn catalog. Onsite is a warm place that bodes emotions of home. Quite the contrary feeling of, say, I don't know, sitting in the waiting room of my therapist's office. It would defeat the purpose of the whole process if I walked you through every mind-blowing moment of my seven days at Onsite. Instead, I thought I would tell you just enough to intrigue you into considering making an investment in yourself mentally this year. I walked in the Living Centered program at Onsite with hopes of preparing to be a good wife. With the echo of Don's words to crack open every door, my hands suddenly shook as I handed over my cell phone and laptop for safekeeping. I could see my anxiety was shared with most everyone in the room, all 50 of us making the same proverbial commitment of disconnecting from the world in hopes of reconnecting with ourselves. The faces were all different, some much older than me, and some surprisingly younger. Onsite asked two main things of you at the beginning of the process. Release your technology and do not share what you do for a living. Wait, what? I mean, these are some pretty major conversation starters that we are being completely removed. I can't stalk you on Instagram and I can't ask you what you do. They were inviting us out of a state of human doing and into my forgotten existence as a human being. My technology addiction was somehow soothed quickly and put in the rear view with each delicious meal eaten on the beautiful wraparound porch, replaced with contagious laughter from new friends and my unbridled curiosity, wanting to somehow tie all the threads of these different walks of life and personalities together. We all paid and willingly showed up to do this. Unplug, therapeutic, week-long commitment. We started with 50 people, and halfway through as our work and processes were being revealed, no one had left. And for the first time in a long time, the curious writer that takes residence inside of me is being met by equally curious human beings. I thought I was going to become a good wife, become a better mom, become a better leader, become a you-fill-in-the-blank. Maybe there would be a therapist there to reveal to me the secrets of how to escape my human condition. This week was so much more about unbecoming. We are all walking around this world with our own baggage. Maybe you're younger than me and you have a carry-on bag. Or maybe you feel like me, like you have a trailer full of things that need to be dropped off at the storage unit and then throw away the key. Or light the whole storage facility on fire and hope no one will know. Shame. It convinces us that we don't want others to see our baggage when really it's rooted in us not wanting to come face to face with the things that we've shoved or even cried into those bags. Our shame is often rooted in the unknown. It isn't the obvious mistakes that we have made 
and tried to hide from. Most times, instead, it's the trauma that we survived that reshaped our normal. Unbecoming and shedding our shame or baggage or whatever you want to call it really does take work. It is a process. We don't get to escape the human condition, friends. I know it sounds scary to drive over to your storage unit full of mistakes and shame, and I won't lie, it is, but that's life. The decision to unpack the scary stuff, the hard stuff, the hidden trauma that you buried to survive life is not the sum of who you are, but it could most certainly be keeping you from stepping into who you were intended to be. Today's story was written and read by Laura Quick with special introduction by Annie F. Downs and original music by Kyle Carpenter and Wilder Atkins. Make sure to subscribe to Good Grit Stories in your listening app of choice. And if you like Good Grit Stories, please consider leaving us a review. It helps more than you know. As always, you can find this story and many more by visiting goodgritmag.com where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and even get a subscription to the magazine. If you use the promo code LISTEN, you'll get $10 off your subscription. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you all next week for another installment of Good Grit Stories.